0: for joining us. This is Paul Wilson, and you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Guys, today I'm doing it solo, but no problem. You're still going to have just as much content, I promise. Uh, This week over at Duramax Tuner, we have been busy. Uh, The shop is packed. We have an odd job. We have a gas job in there, uh, but it's actually a cool gas job, so we have a... a I don't know what year, a newer SS Camaro uh, in getting, oh, I don't know, clutch, supercharger, exhaust, the works. So that's been kind of a cool project. It's a little bit off topic, off color for us. Uh, But don't worry, there's still been a ton of diesel stuff going on. So we just got done shooting another class with High Performance Academy. If you guys haven't heard of High Performance Academy and you love to really nerd out about diesel or tuning, uh, what they do is they host an online school to learn about tuning. And now they're also adding engine building and wiring and all sorts of other cool topics. Nick got to go out to New Zealand and actually shoot some classes with them and then come back here and we, we got to sh- shoot some more classes here on our dyno uh, of teaching people how to tune diesels. It's not specific to any one software. It's not specific to any one brand. It, it's awesome knowledge. It's really affordable too. So go over and check out highperformanceacademy.com. Uh, We call them HPA for short. Really great guys. Really cool stuff. I've watched all the classes; It's excellent content. So if you guys haven't done so already, definitely check that out. Draggy competition is the other thing I want to talk about, guys. I have been out beating on the BMW. Uh, It is not a race car is what I have learned. So please, somebody come out in the emissions-equipped class. Smoke this thing. Uh, I posted up a 10-second uh, run. I have pulled a 9.88. I didn't get good video, though, so I'm not using that one. Uh, but I know that the car can go faster. I've had a couple of quicker passes than that, Getting really trying to shave every 10th or every 100th of a second off that I can. Uh, but what I'm finding is is I'm not getting a lot of other guys in the emissions-equipped class to go ahead and submit their their numbers. Uh, I have seen quite a few passes. Uh, I have seen, I know quite a few people are out there with draggies making runs right now. However, I'm not seeing a ton of submissions. So if you haven't got your submission in, do it now. Exergy uh, Performance, of course, t- heading up our unlimited class. They're really excited. I think we're going to get some really fast trucks into that class. We're really opening up the rules. If you got something that's fast, if you got something that you think you think can make a quick pass, get an entry in for that that class, man. That's not going to have a lot of guys, but it's going to have some fast ones. Uh, then, of course, we have the WC Fab Big Turbo Class. So everybody running twin turbos, triple turbos, S400s, uh, S300 remote mounts, all that crazy type of stuff, all that, all that super fun, hard-hitting street-driving trucks. Uh, man, you guys can all really, I think, duke it out in that WC Fab Big Turbo Class. The Stealth Turbo class, that's, of course, for our stock and stock appearing. Uh, so if you have, I don't know, a 2017 and you've done some modifications maybe from another company and you don't know what class to go into, hey, jump into that that Stealth Turbo class. That's going to be a really fun one, man. Uh, there's, there's no promise saying that a, a modified drop-in turbo is going to win that class either. It, it, it's anybody's game, right? You got to get a good hit. You got to have good traction. And talking about those things is why i thought we would bring on an actual drag racing expert somebody who really has some seat time somebody who's actually won some some awards and has some accolades and then of course we also wanted to bring on the guy who built his truck so today i am going to be kicking it over well to myself uh talking to richard coker and josh harris all right guys and now it's time for my favorite part of the show that's where we get to bring somebody on and actually talk to them about some real world diesel performance topics now today i brought on a superstar a living legend the man the myth richard coker current diesel performance challenge winner uh richard how the hell are you
1: i'm great guys how are y'all
0: doing good i'm doing great man thank you so much for taking some time out to talk with us today and we also for a super special episode here we have a second special guest josh harris the founder and co-owner of top notch garage josh how the hell are you
2: man uh, i'm wonderful living the dream.
0: <laughs> not sure what dream that is, but we should work on on it a little bit. Uh, yeah, but the- <laughs> it
2: may actually be a nightmare. I'm not sure. But you
0: know. <laughs> now, now, guys, both of you have a lot of experience around diesels, around Duramaxes, around drag racing. Uh, you guys are down in Texas. What what part of Texas are you from?
2: I'm in uh, I'm East East Texas, uh, out near Tyler. Okay. And yeah, how about you, and Richard? I'm
0: out
1: in Midland, Texas, in West Texas.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Now, no East-West Texas rivalries, huh? That's not like a thing?
1: No, there's rivalries regardless of where you're at Texas. (laughs) You'd be five minutes down the road. I dig
0: it. I dig it. Now, Richard, we got a chance to interview you a few times last year, and then after your big win at Diesel Power Challenge 2019, what a heartbreak not having it here in 2020. What are your thoughts about the competition? Man, you know,
1: it's there was a lot of good runners uh, in the voting um, you know i, I can't wait until everything picks back up and we actually uh get to put all these uh, strong competitors to work i mean it's everybody's uh i think everybody's bringing their a-game for sure uh chris patterson you know he's he's been hammering it with that uh that dually. it's it's been impressive to watch him and, and progress and you know there's quite a few guys with some very strong rigs
2: so uh, insane you know, as, as
1: soon as yeah it's As soon as uh, we get a chance to actually compete again, I I think uh, everybody's in
2: for a heck of a show.
0: Oh man, am I excited. I think this is gonna be one of the best competitions that we see in 2021. Uh, Real street trucks having real competition. And hey guys, that's a part of why I wanted to have Richard and Josh on today, is to talk about our draggy competition. we here in the Midwest do a lot of sled pulling. Uh, we we get to get out to a few dirt drags a year. Uh, and, hey, we do some drag racing here and there. But I think in the rest of the country, diesel owners prefer drag racing, probably number one. Uh, Richard, I know you did not have a ton of sled pulling experience last year at DPC.
1: Well, it didn't show at all, did it? Right. <laughs>
0: That foot no, that, and a half, your front tire was off the ground. Was just just how we like to see it out here in the Midwest.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I had, I'm, I'm sure uh, there was lots of uh, pointers on what not to do there. Uh, yeah, that, that was my first hook. We went out to uh, On here in Texas, and uh, after DPC, and did a little bit of R and D on it as well to get a little bit better on the sled pulling. But uh, you're exactly right. It's
2: there's a lot more drag racing associated with diesels here.
0: How about you, Josh? What's your background in for diesel performance?
2: Oh man, I, I've literally done everything. Um, I uh, I originally got into the diesel stuff when I was in the Air Force up in Idaho, so I got to meet Idaho Rob back before he was uh, really super famous. Um, uh, he he helped me learn a lot, kind of get into it. And then uh, when I got out, I moved back to Texas, and um, I had my oh6 uh, LBZ that I built up and. Then I got, I don't know if uh, you've ever heard about the dumpster, uh, the van that uh, I raced uh, several years. Um, But did that. I've also done sled pulling. When I was in Idaho and uh, back down here in Texas, there's a few organizations that that did it. So, um, done dyno stuff, I mean, I've done a little bit of everything, working on them, building transmissions, building turbo kits, tuning them, Uh, you name it, just about, I've done it. So. (laughs)
0: <laughs> now, you were a big part of Richard's build,
2: correct? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, not, not to brag or anything, but I, I pretty much built everything. You know, he he just watched. That's <laughs> exactly
0: what I expected to hear. I knew it all along. You never yeah. trust no, a guy. He, he
2: definitely did a lot of the work, but, uh, you know, we it was very much a team effort between all of us here at the shop and Richard back home. And um, uh, really just, you know, uh, a friendship that developed over the years, and we were Really happy to be involved with it and uh, do so well at the Diesel Tire Challenge last year. Um, was really excited to go back again this year and uh, prove that it wasn't a fluke. But, you know, circumstances happen to change that. And uh, we're just hoping maybe they'll be back next year and we can come back even stronger.
1: Well, oh, I yeah. think the bottom line is, Josh is the reason why I can't retire at 36 years old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, don't put that on me. <laughs> it, it
0: was retire at 36 or build the truck. Build the truck. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I may be the reason that your kid won't get to go to college, but, you
0: know, you can't put the retirement <laughs> thing on me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, OK. So speaking of spending kids' college funds for no real benefit uh, and drag racing, th- this draggy competition, I'm finding I'm getting a lot of guys who maybe don't have a ton of drag race experience, or maybe they're even just out running on a closed or private road. Um, when you were brand new to to making your first pass josh and you were up there and you were meeting idaho rob who is a diesel drag racing legend um what what were some of the things that you had a hard time with your first couple of times out to the track
2: um i would say if you're looking at uh actually competition um it would be consistency and cutting a good light um if you're looking at just uh all out performance and getting the best et it's uh learning how to launch the truck uh what it likes to see for boost and uh, rpm to get off the line the most efficiently
0: gotcha yeah i think it's it's a tough one there because i've talked to a lot of different drag racers and i by no means am an expert i have maybe six passes under my belt none of them good um so, so I'm always interested to hear, because I get a lot of guys who are at the top levels that say, well, watch your boost when you when you stand there and you're, you're loading up the truck, which is just another way of saying I'm going to stand on the brakes and on the gas at the same time they say to bring your boost up to whatever it is 10 pounds 15 pounds 20 pounds of boost and then i talk to other guys and they seem to say like no i don't even watch boost I just watch my rpm once my rpm hits 2100 rpm the 1800 rpm whatever your, your target is and then they launch off of that what's the difference i mean i know there's some correlation between rpm and boost but it's it's not a perfect equation right right
2: um i mean for the most part uh as long as uh you know your temperatures are all stable when you get to a certain boost level the rpm is going to be pretty much in the same spot every time um higher heat may make it a little bit less uh if your converter you know the fluid gets hot the converter is going to flash up a little bit higher that may make your rpm a little bit higher uh vice versa to me um i like to watch boost because it seems to be more consistent um you can get your rpm to flash up really quick before your boost really comes in all the way sometimes especially if you have bigger turbos they're going to be a little bit slower to come in so um, with a stock turbo truck uh, mainly you know stock kind of milder built generally rpm is going to be just as consistent as watching boost but when you get into the size of stuff like richard has in his truck uh, boost is a lot more consistent if you watch boost it's going to leave pretty much the same every time whereas rpm it may not
1: well i think i think the main difference there is uh, with the bigger chargers, when you're watching boost, you know when when you're preparing to just hit that second uh, light and get ready to go, you, know, you you need to know if you're coming up on boost, coming back on down down on boost, or if it's stable, because every bit of that's going to change your 60 foot. Uh, those milder builds where you're looking at RPM, I mean, just to take a, a typical small VGT charger, it's going to be pretty consistent, like Josh said. But uh, watching boost is. On a, on a larger setup a little bit uh, more competitive setup is definitely going to be more consistent
0: i like that i like consistency richard you've had you've had some changes in, in your truck and your power levels throughout the time i know from talking to you in the past um and even a few different trucks to go out there and play around with right so what were some of the things that were Kind of a transitional period for you? What'd you have to relearn going from a stock turbo truck or a mild build into a balls out caged race truck?
2: <laughs>
1: well, I would I would say the very first thing you have to learn is how to pedal the pickup to get at the school with a decent sized charger. Uh, you know, it it's a dramatic change to where if you go to a stocker, you'll pick up, it's, it's pretty much instant, right? You don't have to worry about uh, you know, smoking out beams or anything like that, because it's, you know, math is kind of limited to a certain degree. You know, you have a lot of other factors available that uh, make it kind of dummy-proof. But once you start getting into a higher horsepower setup, it's, it's all about uh, how, how you can feel the pickup, and, and even once you get to the light, you, know, you're, you watch the boost, get the boost where you want it, make sure everything's stable, bring up the second light, and then you just listen to it and watch the light so you try to keep everything just as stable and steady as possible
0: and, and and in a smaller build that those just aren't factors you're thinking of right in a smaller build i just roll up i hold down the brakes as hard as i can with my left foot and i stand on my gas until my boost hits the number i want and then i let <laughs> go of the brakes and that's it my foot my other well, foot just goes to the floor i mean there's
1: right so there's been several stock pickups that we may or may not have ran that away where <laughs> they will not over overpower the brakes and so you can literally hold the hold the throttle all the way down handle the brake and
0: Release when you're ready. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you prefer racing? I mean, I know it's a lot of fun if you're in like a quarter mile or, or a longer truck you know, longer track and, and you get up into that, you know, triple digits or, or ninety, hundred miles an hour. Uh, but most diesel guys run eighth miles. Do you prefer, is it more fun, do you think, to run that super fast time and have the stress of like something might break, something might go wrong? I have to have my helmet, I have to have, you know, torque converter lockup switch and, and all of these extra things. Or is it more fun to go out and just race on a street truck?
1: Man, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's Josh may have a different opinion of this, but there's a lot of bragging rights to laying down a solid quarter mile time. Uh, but eighth mile is, is definitely easier on the pocketbook. You don't quite have as much failures because you're not pushing it for a, that extended period of time. Uh, but I, I'm going to tell you right now, there's there's no replacement for the adrenaline you get for going and picking on somebody at the car wash either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Josh, how about you? What do you think? What's the most What's oh, the man, most it, fun it, setup to drag race?
2: You know, it, it's hard to not go out to the drag trip and not have a good time. So to me uh there there really isn't uh isn't much of anything i mean i've done uh index racing bracket racing heads up stuff uh if you're winning man it, it's hard not to have fun <laughs> now now if you're out there losing yeah it gets a little frustrating for sure um making changes to a setup and trying to figure out what you need to do to make it work right you know it's all part of the challenge but when it starts working together and you're really seeing improvements man that that to me is is the best feeling is when you make a big change that you've got to relearn how to do it you get to start making making times i remember when i was building my van um we we got it together the first time and it was running 13s and we worked at it and worked at it and over the course of about a year to a year and a half we had that thing down into the tens and that was a completely stock lbz uh two-wheel drive van with some nitrous on it i mean it had stock injectors (laughs) stock cb3 stock turbo um cut cut some weight out of it it was down around fifty three hundred pounds um but it was putting it ran at ten eight at like hundred and twenty three miles an hour I think, um, and that was that was about the best feeling in the world knowing that you were able to accomplish that, you know you learned from mistakes that you made you figured out how to make it work together and you accomplished the goal that you had so uh, that that to me is about the most fun is uh, just the journey.
0: I like that it is the journey right I mean if yeah. we think about how many hours we put in compared to how much time we actually spend racing a truck. Um, 10 to 14 seconds at a time guys, right? So you spend weeks months years building this thing so you could run it for 14 seconds three times four times in a day and and most guys are gonna call it good, right? Yeah
1: 100%
0: did I just bring down the mood with that reality? Did you guys both just kind of question all of your life decisions? You're like, oh "Oh, shit, (laughs) you, you
2: pretty much know that you know, it's it's uh, you get out to the drag strip and you know, it's all about the competition, but it's also about the camaraderie and the and the people that you meet doing it. You know, I've made a lot of really good friends at the Drag Strip, um, and it's it, uh, it's amazing to me how you can get people out there that are competitors, but you get somebody that, that breaks or ends up in a bind, and those people that are trying to beat them are sitting there helping them, you know. Absolutely. Still, there's guys – I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen guys that were broke, were in the pit, scrambling, trying to get their, their truck fixed. And their competitors waiting for them to pull up to the line because they don't want them to get—they don't want to take a win on a on a broke truck that could get fixed. You know, they're going to be a sportsman and they're going to, you know, do what they can to, to make sure that they get a chance to actually prove that they're faster rather than taking the easy win. You know, um, it, and it's amazing to me. And it, it's not just the diesel, the diesel side of it. I, I see it in the gas side too. But how how guys want to—they want to win, but they don't want to—they don't want to win. You know, like that. They want to do what they can. I mean, you you watch these uh, drag racing shows, uh, street outlaws and stuff, and you see it all the time. But I, I see it in real life too. It's not a reality TV thing. That's how it really is out there. You know, everybody wants to win, but they wanna they want to beat the guy. They don't want they don't want the the competitor to beat himself. So uh, it's it's really really like I said, it's hard to go out to the drag strip and not have fun. And that's part of it. It's so you know, true, is, man. Is the people.
0: It's so true. And, and, you know, I mean, let's be real. I mean, even when we go to the drag strip, the purse rarely pays for the fuel it costs me to drive there that night. So even even if I win a bracket racing competition, unless I'm in, like, some huge, you know, uh, uh, actual, like, massive... Uh, street race or something like that. There's really the purses aren't huge. They're not gonna they're not gonna pay for your build. It's not profitable, right? Like we're going
2: out to do this because yeah. there's a passion. Not a, um, not at the level we're at for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. So like
0: like we're going out there for passion. And, and yeah, I mean the trophy costs ten bucks at the trophy store. I don't have to build a truck and race it to go get a trophy. Like I could go just buy a trophy. Um, right, but but you're right, man. It's it's people want to do it because we want the competition. We want that fun, that thrill of being lined up next to somebody, running down the track and pulling back in the pits and laughing in their face. Because there is no feeling better <laughs> than that. No, but but for real, you know, it, it's there is there, there's that. I think you said it right. I think the camaraderie, the community that comes out of this, is a huge deal. Um, hey guys, I want to get onto some technical advice here. Tire pressure, stock truck. If I got somebody who's in a stock or stock-appearing turbo or maybe an emissions-equipped truck, they don't have balls-out suspension. They're probably not going to buy Nitto 420s or whatever other street tire is popular these days, right? Like like they're probably just running their normal, everyday stock tires or some, like, Terra Grapplers or something. Should they be messing with their tire pressure once they hit the
2: track? Absolutely.
1: You know, everybody's got a little bit different opinion on that. And it kind of depends on the tire size, the wheel size, uh, weight of the pickup, etc. But you kind of have to be careful because if you air down a radial to a certain degree, it's you're going to lose that uh, contact point uh, once you load that tire up. So, But, I mean, it's it's trial and error. You still have to play with it because what you run on the street, if it's 70 or 80 psi, is probably not going to be the best on the track. So but you also don't want to turn around and follow what the guys are doing with drag radials or slicks and try to air down to 20 or 30 psi.
0: Yeah, well I was just going to say I mean in sled pulling I mean we we take the tire pressure out of I mean we're running it down to 10 psi up front, right? And just let that let that front end sag as far as we can. Um What's your increment? Because a lot of guys aren't showing up with an air pump. I mean, yeah, I mean, the you definitely can find somebody with an air pump to fill your tire back up when you're at the track. Um, do you go down just like 5 psi at a time? Do you do it on just your front tires and not your back tires? Do you try to play with the leveling at all? Do you do it equal all around, all four tires, the same pressure?
2: A lot of it depends on uh, the setup of the truck. Obviously, a, uh, a mostly stock truck, you know, maybe something that has like a tow tune or something like that, isn't going to be nearly as picky about it as say a truck that has a built transmission and you know a aftermarket turbo um that kind of thing you know something that's putting down 550 600 horsepower you know they they may want to see a little more change something that's putting out you know closer to 400 horsepower you could probably run your street pressures and not really you know not really hurt anything because it's not gonna it's not gonna hit as hard off the line so and it also depends on how much you're you know how much you're spooling it up on the line and and whatnot um heavier tires and wheels are gonna they're they're gonna naturally be a little bit slower because they have a lot more uh you know moment of inertia to get it rolling so um you know there's just so many factors involved it, it depends on what the, how big the tire is you know uh, a bigger tire is going to take less pressure than a smaller tire uh so it's it's uh you know there's there's so many factors involved it's hard to say but i would say uh, a good starting point for most people is uh you know drop about 10 psi off once you run on the street unless you run really low tire pressures all the time most people in diesel pickups are running somewhere around 50 psi to to you know 70 psi um i would say you know somewhere around the 40 to 50 psi range is a good place to start and you know that's with a pretty big asterisk attached to it it (laughs) it depends on the weight of the truck and the 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 wheel and tire setup and all that i heard a
0: blind promise to shave a second off your time by dropping 20 psi out of your tires
1: (laughs) Guaranteed. I heard it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Now, and the weight of the pickup plays a huge role in it too. Because I mean, for example, uh, you know, my my fifteen Denali, being a crew cab long bed, weighs in at over eight thousand pounds, and uh, I don't air down tire pressure or anything. But it runs fifty psi on the street, running uh, uh, Nitto four twenties. Uh, but I mean, it, it's consistently at a high one seven, low one eight every time, regardless. Uh, but then you grounded Uh, when i first started running the regular cab lvz on street tires it took a lot of playing to get the pressure right because it it just wanted to hop out of the hole um, at certain pressures and then other pressures it would just break them loose so it it just you know there's so many variables it's really hard to tell someone what to do and even if you take two identical pickups they're still going to react differently because shocks may be you know, responding a little bit differently. The weight uh, position may be just a tad different. There's a lot of factors, like Josh
0: said. Awesome. Uh, Speaking of 60-foot times, what's the best thing you can do to impact your 60-foot time?
1: Better tire. Uh, Ooh, that was fast. And and, uh, and shocks, yeah.
0: Slicks and shocks. What about uh, basics like traction bars? Do you think traction bars? I mean, obviously, if we can avoid some wheel hop, we should be able to shave something.
2: Yeah, you know, in uh, in the Duramax world, uh, the the old trick of clamping the leaf spring is really effective, uh, cheap, uh, easy to do. You can take it off when you get down to the track. Um, but uh, if you're if you're lifted, or you know, uh, the Dodges and the Fords, a lot of times they have uh, blocks between the leaf spring and the rear axle from the factory, so they're a little bit more prone to uh, leaf spring axle wrap um, when you're when you're leaving hard off the line. So traction bars are definitely a benefit on those. Uh, on the Duramaxes, um, like I said, clamping the leaf spring—you know—put a, a clamp on the uh, leaf pack where the you clamp the overload to the to the leaf spring is a really effective way of controlling uh, wheel hop. So um, that that's such for, a, good for one. a beginner, for a beginner, that is probably the easiest and and quickest thing to do with the drag strip to help get it off the line a little bit better. I love um, that. Yeah, as far,
1: far as the Duramax goes, uh, I mean, you can just clamp the leaf springs in the rear. Uh, take the torsion keys out of the front, get the front as uh, low as possible, level the uh, tie rods, and go have fun. Very simple.
0: God, that's good advice. Um, and, and it is too, guys. Like if you're out and you're having fun and you want just like like they said, that, that cheap, easy, make an impact right now and measure it, you can do that. And the really cool thing is that if you've already gotten a draggy or one of your friends has the draggy, you can actually look at those measurements on the draggy app. Um, you guys have been playing with this here recently. I've been seeing some of your photos. I do expect to see two submissions for our contest here very shortly. Uh, by the way, reminder to all of our listeners out there, please submit your submission. You you can submit a, a, a form as many p- times as you want. I'm just going to take your best run. So if people are waiting, like they want to make a few more runs, just submit the run you got. You could always go out and resubmit a, a, a better run if you make a better run in the future. So there's no limit on that. But um, you guys have been playing with it. What do you guys think about the app? What do you guys think about the tool? How do you use it?
1: And it's it's an extremely, extremely valuable little tool to have. Uh, you know, it Recently, we were actually using it on a uh, turbo Polaris Razor, uh, just doing comparisons on what it did bone stock, uh, zero to 30, zero to 60, uh, eighth mile. Uh, you know, the Draggy app, you can go in there, set your own parameters, whether that's uh, based on mile per hour, acceleration, you know deceleration, uh, you know quarter mile, eighth mile. You know, there's, there's a lot of variables and things that you can go in and customize to see what you're doing and what changes are, are benefiting. Uh, that razor we compared stock to tune only to clutching with the tune and ended up shaving a little over uh half of a second on the zero to 60 time with just tuning alone so it's uh it's a extremely handy little app especially with during the quarantine right now when the tracks are closed right just go hop and pick up <laughs> you made a few changes you know what what does an extra uh three thousand psi rail pressure do for us you know we gaining any mile per hour on it and it's it, it's accurate enough to tell you
0: yeah, I, I've had so much fun. I made the mistake of leaving it in my car for about a week. Um, I didn't get a ticket, but, yeah, I probably should have quite a few times because it, it is, like you said, it's just fun, man. Like, I don't know. What what does five more PSI at launch do? That's the question that usually leads to broken shit. But, but yes, right. what does five more PSI at launch do, right? That's This will tell you. This will tell you
1: well they also tell you if that, that road has just a little bit too much dust over it and that first pass is gonna be a wild ride
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, in, that's a problem for west texas though we don't have the the, the sand blowing across the roads out right here we just have trouble finding them that are flat and straight enough
0: <laughs> too poor for no, grass i know a- how it goes it-
1: <laughs> it's a phenomenal tool. Uh, and for the price, you cannot beat it for, uh, for
2: testing and tuning for sure. Yeah. It's, I, it's, it's, a, it, it's a really nice um, alternative to going to a drag strip or finding a dyno to do tuning changes. Um, I know back, what was it, about a month ago, Richard, we were uh, using it to dial in the tuning on your Denali. Right. Um, just, um, you know, doing, doing a few runs, uh, making changes, going out, comparing it, seeing seeing what the mile per hour difference was. Uh, seeing how it, you know, picked up VT and and that kind of thing, so um, real quick and simple way of measuring power changes. Um, and if you're, long as you go back to the same spot, even if you don't have a completely flat road, uh, if you're running from the same spot, it's going to be consistent. You know, there's I can't tell you how many videos I've watched where somebody has their draggy video showing on the screen at a drag strip, and then they look at the time slip, it prints out, and it's within hundreds of a second and mile per hour the same way. Uh, Really amazing technology.
0: Absolutely. You know, I just had a company uh, from overseas reach out to me, P-Gear. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of them. I guess they're bigger in Asia. Um, But they sent me five units. So next week, we're going to be doing a review comparing the Draggy to the P-Gear and hopefully compare that against the track time. So we're trying to get out to a track uh, here in Wisconsin where things are a little bit more open right now. Uh, And we're going to try to run and see... Hey, hey, we know the drag is accurate. Are there other GPS performance data loggers that are accurate? And then, yeah, like you said, let's see that hard fact right against the the track slip. I think that'll be a really interesting kind of test to run across the board.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, uh, a lot of the times when you're reading a a magazine article um, and they're they're saying what the thing does in a quarter mile time and, uh, you know, 0 to 60 and all that stuff, uh, they're using similar technology. You know, they have their VBOX yeah. stuff that they're using. Uh, just a very high accuracy GPS device that measures all that stuff. Uh, you know, I think theirs have accelerometers and that kind of thing in them to make them a little bit more accurate. But um, for all I know, that the, the draggy uses the accelerometer in your our smartphone to, to kind of perform the same function. So, um, you know, the there are several real world applications that that use some the same technology. Um, to to what draggy does so it's it's not this isn't something new you know this is just an evolution of uh something that's been in use for several years so all said absolutely well
1: it it keeps it keeps Jock honest too when when you add a a hundred horsepower to the seat of the pants but draggy tells you it's only about 20 horsepower (laughs) that's right (laughs) I love that. I
0: love that. Just letting consumers check. That's all. Just letting consumers verify it.
1: That's
0: right. That's right.
2: Uh, Richard. It, it, it'll oh, tell you if those stickers are really worth the horse tire you might are. <laughs> oh, they always are. Yeah.
0: We all know the big C gives you an extra 20 horse. That's not even a question anymore. It's been that's right, proven. That's right.
1: Well, that's, that's only if the mirrors are out. <laughs> uh,
0: Richard, any advice you want to share with somebody who's brand new to drag racing?
1: man uh get out there and make mistakes uh make some friends and it's all about trial and error you know don't don't uh, don't over analyze it just relax uh you know it, it's it's all right to make mistakes and you learn as you go uh, you know it's the first step is, is just getting out there and doing it you know it's it's kind of like uh, you miss every opportunity that you don't take right so uh you know, Try small changes, visit with people, see what works for them, see if it works for you. Uh, there, there's an endless amount of possibilities and a ton of fun to be had.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you could say it better, but here's your challenge. What advice do you want to share?
2: Uh, I would say um, practice. You know, get out there, go to the track, get your Draggy app, find you a you know, safe place to, to make some runs, a private road or something like that. Uh, learn your truck, learn what it likes, learn what it doesn't like. Um, like Richard said make small changes see how it affects it Um, you know it's all about uh, you know figuring out how how you need to to operate your truck you know how to leave the line uh, if you've got a a lockup switch when you need to lock it up Um, just you know so many little things tire pressure shock settings it's it's a it's a fun game you know and it's really rewarding when you figure it out and you start making progress so um, even if you're not the fastest truck out there uh, you know it's it's a lot of fun um, I, I've had as much fun racing a, a tune only truck as I have uh, racing a, a fully built uh, you know race truck so um, yeah just just get out there and do it
0: you know that's so true I think the my favorite pass I ever made was right around 15 seconds uh, maybe the 135 but still it, it was in a, a a Duramax-swapped Humvee, uh, and it was just a blast. It was just fun. It's not the fastest pass I ever had. It wasn't the best launch I've ever had, but it was just fun, and I guess that's what I want to share with, with our listeners today is go out and have some fun. You, you bought this truck for, for a logical purpose, at least most of us did. Most of us needed a truck at the beginning of our diesel owner experience, but now you have it, and now you're listening to this show. You know that there's more you can do with the truck. Do you need to be a balls-out race truck? Absolutely not. Do you need to go out and spend $40,000 to convert it into a competitive truck to win the class? No, you don't. But what, what you can do is just go out and have some fun. And so for today, this has been Paul Wilson from Diesel Performance Podcast. Get a draggy and go out and have some fun, guys.